I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know that we have messages in our inbox asking for merchandise? Yeah, I got some really good hats. Some uh, some ones that were just kind of... You like yeah. those? I do. Now, we wear different types, different style hats. You have more of a laid-back, floppy brim look sort of thing, and I have a, something a little bit... Uh, stiffer. A little bit different. A little stiffer, yep. Mine represents personality. Like the, Yours, it's a personality thing. You know, it's there you a go. stiff brim, stiff person. Yep, I get isn't it. That how, I isn't get that how it works? I will start by saying happy Halloween. And I have a, a very important thought on Halloween. I'd like to get off my chest right away, Gregory. But okay. good morning. You dressing up today? Anything? Anything at all? No. No. Okay. No. Giving out candy? Uh, uh, well, I would be, but I'm taking my son somewhere else to go trick-or-treating. He wants to go trick-or-treating with his cousin today. Okay. So yeah, we're going cool. over there. So I don't know. Do I leave a bowl of candy? Do I not leave a bowl of candy? I don't know. Candy? What is the etiquette on that if you're not going to be home? So I have had to leave the bowl of candy where, you know, where like you just say, take, you know, three pieces of candy. Okay. So I, or you could I, just I shut know. your lights off. So kids know no, not to go do up that. to your door. I couldn't do that. I got the decorations outside. I couldn't do that. Okay. You can't shut your lights off. Lights off. I mean, if you don't believe in Halloween, that's one thing. I get it. It's it's interesting. I'm kind of where I does, wonder. Well, where where does Halloween when you were a kid? Like, where did Halloween fit into your holiday mix? It was up there. It Halloween, was up there. Oh yeah, I I loved Halloween. What kid didn't like Halloween? If you got to pick your own costume and design it or whatever, whatever you wanted yeah. to do. Halloween is great, but if you're the parents that are like, this is what you're going as, this is what you're wearing, I've got you, hey, here's your Halloween costume this year. No, no, no. Then, you know, I can see where, you know, if you're going as a slice of pizza as a nine-year-old, you're, you might be like, wow, I look like a slice of pizza, but if you're going as something kind of cool, then, you know, I can see it being fun. And it was fun for me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it, it, you know what, though? And it carried on to hockey. I mean, junior hockey, AHL, NHL, and, yep. uh, you know, it was like Halloween... Halloween was something that every team that I've ever been on, I don't care from the time I got to junior hockey. Yeah. I don't even know if we had Halloween parties in junior. I'm pretty sure we did. I can't we had remember. a party, but maybe not necessarily the elaborate. Uh, well, the uh, AHL parties were fun. They, they were amazing. They were, they were, they Wait, were more 10 times better than the NHL. Yes. Way more fun. And why you didn't that? play for five days? <laughs> like you planned at the AHL. We when I was in Rochester, very rarely did we have week games. Cunny would give us Monday, Tuesday off. If we went three yeah. in, three in a row on the weekend in Roch, we had a good team. Yep, we would get Monday, Tuesday off, or Monday off, Tuesday uh, meet at the gym downtown. No ice, <laughs> which which when you think about it from, from a development standpoint, that wouldn't fly these days. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Two days off, but he was that veteran. He was just coming off being a player. But anyway, so I, I digress. But you could have some fun in the American Hockey League, man. Like you had a lot of time between games. Well, not even that. Like if you if you went out um, into the public, maybe went to some bars. And no one gave a shit about yeah. who you are. You're playing in the American Hockey League. You're you're making thirty grand a year. You're just super happy just to be paid because you're 20, 21, 22 years old. You're just so happy. You like it's the greatest time. You for the first time in my life when I when I went to uh, 
when I went went out to Fredericton. We called it Freddie Beach. I I remember some some awesome legendary uh, parties. You know, in the NHL, one 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 that sticks out to me in particular was at Saku Koivu's place. He held a great he held a bash at his house. And it just got so crazy and out of hand. It was amazing. But the difference um, between the American League parties and the NHL parties is that in the American League, in the NHL, you're paying for a good time. You know, you're you're you really are. You're going. Everyone's going all out. Like everyone's chipping in. And these parties aren't cheap. Like our Halloween parties, ten thousand bucks. Like we would spend on maybe not that much. Maybe five thousand. I can't remember. But it was thousands and thousands of dollars like you are paying yeah but that's because we would be renting out an yes, entire exactly. bar and in the american league you would which go to cost somebody's, us like you'd go to the back of a bar and you just like it's kind of like right. being a college kid you went to the bar you, you you know you were there with everybody else and everybody was just having a great time you didn't know half the people and you just partied you but had in a great time, time. And then, unless, unless and then all of a sudden you were there prospect. at 5 30 in the morning at some greasy spoon place yes. just trying to fill yourself with like maybe some <laughs> eggs and pancakes because <laughs> yes. you knew you weren't waking up after in some that. mangled halloween costume <laughs> i know man oh it's hilarious the best costumes were when teammates went as other teammates that was the best, like one of the best costumes I ever saw in, in, in not just in my hockey career, but maybe ever Tim Connolly, he came to the party dressed as a little bit of a, uh, uh, chubby Chris Drury from when, from playing for the East in the little league world series, <laughs> he went and ordered the hat, the shirts that said East, they were green with, I think they, they were like, uh, I think they kind of look like the the uh, uh, Oakland A's jer- jersey, like that color, like the lettering and stuff. Yeah. With the gray pants, he had the hat with the bangs coming out from underneath, like he, you know, because Timmy <laughs> was bald, right? So he had a little bit of hair coming out from from underneath. It was that was one of the best costumes that I saw. And then another one was, well, Royce used to go as uh, something, uh, anything to do with uh, Ben Stiller. So he went the one year as the uh, the guy from Dodgeball. I don't know if you. Oh yes, he was. In, what what's the guy from Dodgeball's? Uh, uh, I I can't remember. It's Ben Stiller's character. Oh, I, it, yeah, he was perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Short and stout, and he looked identical to, to Ben Stiller. That was awesome. I do love the Halloween conversation. I want to get the story on Wednesday from Jr. about. Um, do you remember the year he went out as Bobby Clark for warm up? I remember that. Yes. I yeah. didn't ever, didn't all of them weren't no, they all I think wearing... it was just JR. I'll I'll double check that for Wednesday, but I'm pretty sure it was just JR. I, I it's a great question. But no, I I thought it was just him. But there's a point I wanted to make before we get into the powerhouse outhouse rankings. And it just goes based off our conversation about uh, you know, the kids and what we did when we were kids and today being Halloween, there are three games on the slate. And the NHL players and the NBA players, yes, and the NFL players for sure, uh, baseball most definitely, but they literally go away from their families throughout the year. I never had kids when I was in the league. I do know what it's like to see guys that have kids on the team. You had kids on the team. And I just I look at the, yeah. the schedule and I think, what a shitty thing to do. Like, this is a night where all your players, like, who's going to the fucking game? You think I want to go to the game? I'm not going to the game. I'm not going to any game tonight. Tonight is about my kid. My kid's nine. Yeah. Yeah. These, I, I didn't even see that side. Kids at home. Yeah. Have some, have, like, yes, you give them three, you give them an extra day at Christmas, and we appreciated that. And, and you know, the all star break and, and the Olympic breaks, and we understand that. But we play on Thanksgiving. You know, like, this is about kids, and you want players to not, you know, it's like, suck it up. You make millions. Fuck that. This is, there's, there's, there's things that you don't want to miss, and there are things that you shouldn't have to miss. And I know it's just Halloween, but my God, you don't need to book a game tonight. It's fucking Monday night football anyway. No one cares about yeah. hockey today. I, I look that and should I think, be team building day. Team building day. Go and, you know, go and spend time with your, your, your kids sitting here. If I had a kid, I'd be thinking this sucks. I'm sitting here 
battling it out on the bench or whatever. And, and my kids going trick or treating. That's all I have to say about it. I think it's an oversight by the league. Like your thought. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. That was the point I wanted to make earlier before we started talking about everything else. I said, I have a thought on Halloween. It's it's, you shouldn't be playing on Halloween. I get it. Football's the animal. It's Monday night. Do it. And Halloween doesn't fall on the same night every year anyway. But my point is you could have taken this into account when doing the schedule. Everybody that's watched Alex Oveshkin his entire career appreciates what the guy does. But I, I really do as a, as a former player that have, that has played, that played a very long time myself and played a certain style. And Alex Ovechkin, as much as he is an elite offensive player, goal scorer, he played the game throughout his entire career, very physical, very heavy. Okay. He didn't shy away from, from any area of the ice and, uh, Man, every time I see him and uh, I read an article on him, I just I, I can't wait to to read what they're saying about him because he's he's just incredible what he's done. Um, because he's older, he's older. He's 30, 37 years old right now. Well, the questions I, on him are always when is he going to start to slow down? That's that's exactly what myself and everybody yeah, else I'm guilty of it. Yeah. But I read uh, I read an article uh, about Ovi, and they're talking about that he is going to surpass Gordy Howe for the most most goals scored on one NHL team. That's seven hundred and eighty eighty four goals he has right now, and I think the record is seven hundred and seventy six or seven hundred and eighty six. So he's a couple goals away from from catching Gordy Howe for the most goals scored on one team. And it's just he's chipping away at these milestones. I don't know like how many players do you think Andrew this will never be done again. It, no, listen because it's not going to stop there. This is when you said this to me this morning, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself Okay, is that that's not really the biggest one he's going for? So, and then I stopped and I was like, that's never going to be broken because it's not going to stop at 786. It's going to stop at over 800. And there will never be another player that will ever score 800 goals with one or uh, one franchise uh, ever again. I don't know about that. I don't know. There's some, there's some records in this league that I just think are, are almost, they're impossible. They're literally impossible. Right. Think to, about to, what we're think about what we're talking about here. This is kind of like a a a a a, a, an, a quiet record that I think you know people won't think is that really uh, that big of a deal. But think about this. Forget about Gordy Howes and how many wherever Ovi stops could be nine hundred. He could stop at nine hundred, but the point is all with one team. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. Like, it's incredible. I saw a stat the other night, uh, the Hawks, Chicago Blackhawks stat about how many, like Patrick Kane is number two in franchise points there behind Stan Makita. Yep. And I'm like, holy shit, did Stan Makita have a lot of points? Or not only that, holy shit, did Patrick Kane have a lot of points with one franchise with just the Hawks? But wow, did Stan Makita have a shit ton of points too. It's crazy to think about. And I think this is something that is completely underlooked, overlooked. Yeah, but I listen, I mean, I would have never in a million million years said back when I was playing, okay, this was way back in 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 the in the late 90s and I was sitting there um th- looking at some of the some of the records and you have a record from Doug Jarvis who has 964 games consecutive. I was thinking as, as a young player back then, a, a player that was in my early 20s, thinking who in God's name is going to play 964 consecutive games in the NHL? It's impossible. That's what I said to myself. It's impossible. We've had two players do it since then. Keith Yandel, and now you have... um, um. Phil we're never gonna we're not but we're never gonna see goal scorers like Ovi ever again. Yeah, That's, I think I think goals are gonna be more plentiful now in the today's game than what it's ever been. 
The game is faster. It's quicker. It's more skilled. I think that the goal scoring is, is higher than what it's ever been. There's got to be a kid. There's got to be a young kid that comes into this league, gets put on the right team. Okay. And is just, just takes off. Like, I, I think that, you know, is, is, is a record of, you know, Gordy Howe right now has the record 786 games with one team. It's, it's truly amazing. Um, Alex Ovechkin is going to surpass that. Okay. And his record, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know when that record's going to end. But I believe that there will be someone, could be 50 years from now, for sure, is going to, is going to, uh, Come okay, maybe, maybe I guess, I guess that's all I I'm guess, saying. I guess you know there is always that chance, and and we'll we'll give you that. I'm just saying I think this is a more unbelievable record than I think what people might even realize yeah. with one yeah. team. For now, if we just stay on this conversation right now and for what Ovi's about to do, because we know it's not going to stop at what is it, seven eighty six, seven eighty six. Yep. Yeah, he's got. Three goals to to beat it. He could do it tonight. All I'm saying is it is an it is a, a an unbelievable feat to be able to say that he did that with one team. Anyway, moving on to our power rankings. Do you have your top five, bottom five teams ready? I do. Yeah, because okay, we don't want to do this on the fly. We want to appear prepared. By the way, you didn't say anything about my hoodie today. Are you already over it? Because Verstappen won his 14th in a row, or not in a row, but 14th race this season. It's a new record. Yeah, Red Bulls. I like to tune you out when we talk about this because what you do is you're watching every weekend. You're watching it live, and I don't. I watch. I wait, so I don't know what's going on, and then I watch the entire season. Power rankings. So you basically ruin me. Team Red Bull in Formula One, the most powerful team in all of sports. Any team in the NBA, any team in the NFL, any team in the NHL, any team in baseball, it they are the most powerhouse team, even though people think they cheated because they went over their cap, but let's talk about that another day. Okay, power rankings in the NHL. Uh, do you want me to just give you the you five? You want to start? Yeah, I'm gonna let's start. Give, I'm going to just give you my five. Instead of top. going one by one, I'm just going to give you my five. From Your top from, guys? I'm going to give you my top five teams in the league. So are you going to go five to one, one being your top? I'm going power out of the gate. Okay. Most powerful power team the in the league are the Boston Bruins. Okay. By far. The way they were able to sustain without McAvoy and Marshawn and the, what they've done since and still, they are a powerhouse team. Yep. Vegas Golden Knights, number two. Excellent. Okay. Okay. They are... Old, than uh, they were going to old Jackie Eichel last night, game winner, not a big deal. Listen, guy's playing some great hockey for, for l- Vegas. Good. Listen, for him. can't deny his talent, man. Yes. And you know what? You don't want to see star players go out with injuries like that. I'm, I'm glad the surgery is working for him because maybe it's a, maybe it's an option for other players going forward. You know, there was a player once that stood up for his rights and, is the main reason that second opinions are even possible these days. Who's that? Eric Lindros. If I'm not mistaken, Eric Lindros had that grie- grievance with the Philadelphia Flyers and, and went and got a second opinion and everything. And now he is, uh, now second opinions are, are prevalent and, and you know all about him because you've had second, third, and fourth opinions on, on some of your injuries. Next yep. on the list, the Edmonton Oilers, Craig. Connor McDavid absolutely shredding it. Scored okay. a scored a goal from the wall the other night to okay. win it against Calgary. They beat the Flames. Um, New Jersey Devils. Oh, okay. New Jersey Devils, and then number five, the Buffalo Sabers. Oh come on! What? Really? What? Okay. So why don't we just do this? <clears throat> I agree with you with uh, the Boston Bruins as number one. I I am I am I can't I cannot believe this team. This team looks like they're completely over the hill. They have like ten guys that are over the age of thirty in their mid thirties, 
And, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron, you got David Pasternak that has eight points in eight games. He's, he's playing some great hockey Bergeron, nine points in nine games, four goals. I mean, and this is all this right now, this record that they have, um, is all without Brad Marchand, who's only played one game this year and Charlie McAvoy, who is one of the top defensemen in the NHL. This is without these two players, these elite, elite players. They are the top team in the league right now. It's truly amazing. I don't understand. It's, like, their, I, yes, it's I, what their veterans, in my opinion, it's what their veterans do for their young players. There's a standard there. I, and Chara set the standard a long time ago. And, and, and Bergeron, has, car- yeah. Bergeron has carried it over. And you can talk about Marshawn's on ice antics, but he's a very serious hockey player. He takes his, his craft very, very seriously. Now Did you have, see his first game back? Yes. Two goals. I didn't see it, but I know two that he goals had two goals and, and three assists. points. Yeah. Okay. In, in his first game back of the yeah. season. You're adding in an absolute monster in your lineup. Charlie McAvoy still still recovering from, from injury, and hopefully they'll get him back soon. But this team is going to be a really, really tough team to beat. I, 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 um, you know, you have a lot of players on there. Jake DeBrusque, who is uh, over time, you know, has kind of been in and out of the good graces, but now they've made they've made coaching changes, right? So everybody in that lineup has a fresh start when you have a coaching change. Which I Taylor think Hall is good- playing well. Charlie Coyle. I mean, like they they have their whole roster, and we're overlooking maybe maybe a Norris trophy candidate at the end of the year in Hampus Lindholm having yeah I mean are you kidding me people are raving about this guy plus nine nine games all right listen I mean it's early I don't see Hampus Lindholm in in a conversation of a Norris trophy that's for damn sure but you know well is he not carrying the load there without McAvoy yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's doing a great job. He's got yes, he seven is. points in nine games. And I he's know great. there are other defensemen. You got Kale McCarr. I know Ras- you want to throw Rasmus Dahlin in there early. I yeah. know that. Yeah. But 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 Hampus Lindholm cannot be overlooked. Okay, who's number two on your list? I have Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, so we're we're talking the same language here. We are. I mean for Vegas, now anyway. Vegas, right? You know, when you when you when you think of Vegas and you think of like the disaster, and I mean a disaster season that they had last year. Okay. Everybody loves to sit there and point a finger and, and, and say it was all because of Jack Eichel and his bad attitude and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. No, it wasn't absolutely wasn't at all. Um, Jack came back from, from his injury, um, had to get acclimated back to the game, back to the speed. Um, and, and in doing so his entire team in Vegas was injured. Like the entire team, they were playing without top players in, in the lineup or out of the lineup for a large part of the season. They didn't end up making the playoffs, but everybody knows that watches the Vegas Golden Knights, that they are very deep. They have a very good forward line. They have really strong defense. Um, I have absolutely no idea who their goaltenders are. Uh, Aiden Hill, who I've never heard of, and Logan Thomas, um, (laughs) never heard of him. Thompson. Um, I've never heard of either one of those guys. But they're they're obviously getting the job done, which is which is awesome for them. So, um, you know, Vegas going to keep rolling. They have a really, really, really good mix of they have a elite good balance stats. Yes, eh? Like do. if you yes, look down do. their stat sheet, like you got guys midway down the team that are like you know, like Nicholas Waugh, five points in ten games. Like that's that's a good start to the season for Nicholas Waugh. Yeah, the, he's a solid player. Chandler Stevenson is an underappreciated player in this league. Um, Riley Smith is back healthy, which he was hurt almost the entire season. Mark Stone played his first half of the the first, what, 30 games of the season. He was injured. And then the team just decided, we have to shut you down, okay? I know you want to try and play through it, but you look like you're playing on one leg, which he was. So they shut him down. William Carlson had a really off season because, quite frankly, he was the guy. He was the guy that had to get it done offensively, and he just wasn't at that level to be able to take take that. Good to see him back up there with some points. I'm serious when I say yeah. that. I don't wish anything but but good for these guys, especially the ones making that have the expectations. 
it's hard to live up to expectations in the NHL. Yes, it, I yes mean, they do. You know, it's 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 good to see him back yeah. uh, for now, anyway. I, and I hope it keeps going because um, that would be a good story out there in Vegas, especially with all their salary cap shit they went through. What's number three on your team? Um, what's number two? So, number how about this? Um, who's number you three? Had, you had Edmonton at number three. Yeah. I have Edmonton at number five. Okay. okay. Again, I look at I look at Edmonton. They've uh, they've won four straight games. Connor McDavid a week ago. Okay. This was a week ago. I looked at, uh, I think it was maybe, maybe a little bit longer than a week ago, but I looked at the, the NHL statistics at the time and the leading point producer in the national hockey league was Jasper Bratt from New Jersey. And that was, you know, raised the eyebrow there. Like what the heck is, you know, he doing up at, at the number one and, you know, Connor McDavid was no uh, nowhere in sight. You know, the the Sabers kind of shut him down. Um, they played really well against him. I think he, he only had one assist, and he went. Connor McDavid went on a little. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Funk there for for a couple games. but He went two games without a point, then he had an assist, and then he had the hat trick and the assist against Chicago, and then he had a goal and an assist the other night against Calgary uh, to make the complete the comeback win. Yeah, so he's he's right back up. He's played nine games. He's got nine goals and eighteen points. And I was watching one of the goals that he scored just the other night, and his hands, his skill level, we have not seen this in the NHL. Like, and I'm and I do not want to do this. I I'm going to tell you I do not want to do and compare you know Connor McDavid to Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky or Mark Messier or or any of those elite players. Okay, they were the greatest players to play the game. But but what? But Connor McDavid is the and I've said this two hundred thousand times. I've I've seen. All of the top players. I've seen Gretzky. I played against Gretzky, Lemieux, Messier. Connor McDavid is by far the greatest player to ever put skates on. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he he is. And and he's not going to go down as the greatest player in the game. He will not. That's going to be... Only flaw in that is are the statistics. That's the only. That's the only flaw no, that you. The, 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 the flaw is not statistics. The flaw is, is not statistics. It has nothing to do with the statistics. It has to do with these players in their generation. Like, why was there not another player? If like Wayne Gretzky, why was there not another player in that era? If the era was so poor, why was there not another player that had twenty five hundred points, twenty two hundred points? Because Wayne Gretzky was the most special hockey player to ever. Yeah, put he on was skates. special. Do you know what made him special? You know what made everything. Him, everything. You know, you want him, you, listen, I will never take away from Wayne Gretzky. He people underestimate his skating ability. People underestimate how great of an athlete he was. There was a rule that you could not touch Wayne Gretzky for a period of time, and and he deserved that. The league was trying to grow the game. They didn't want to hurt their their star player that was literally their feature piece that could put the eyes of the world on Wayne Gretzky. Look at what he did in L.A. Look for Hockey Out West. He changed the mindset of the entire game around the world. Wayne Gretzky. And the league capitalized on that. But they said you cannot hit him. Don't hit him. 
you know, that's so all I'm talk saying. Talk about Sorry. Wayne Gretzky. Like he is always going to be the greatest player to ever played a game because there's so many factors. It's his point totals. It's his goal scoring. It's it's everything. He has won multiple Stanley Cups. He's just captain. Are you just afraid to say that that? But that listen, generation. But, what like the goaltending was like? What? Like, be honest. Be honest about about where the game has gone and where it is. Connor McDavid is, and I'm not doing the time warp. If you put Connor McDavid back in that time, mindset was different. Players trained differently. Players didn't take the game as seriously. But the truth is the truth. Goalies sucked back then. They were terrible. They It was like, hey, I'll go in that. And yeah, then so did a lot of players. So did so did the 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 fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman in the NHL. So did the third and fourth lines back in the day, unless you were on in a, a top end team that had more depth. Those players sucked too. When we watched the Sabres play in Edmonton, who did we say? Who did I suggest could should cover Connor McDavid or just kind of shadow him from afar and just take away his eyes? What defenseman? Jacob Bryson, a fifth yeah. or sixth. That just I'm not saying that he could do it and shut McDavid down. I'm just saying he could skate with McDavid. Yes. Your sixth, seventh defenseman on a team that is on the rise of the NHL yeah. can skate with Connor McDavid. That You couldn't say that back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s about yeah. your fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman. Being and I didn't want to get in that conversation because I it, you just I hate that conversation about I know, you know who's, I was who's, the gra- who's the greatest player of all time. no, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time. He, he, no one is going to knock him off his pedestal because of, of the things that he did for the game. When he moved from Edmonton to LA, he changed the game. He changed the love of the game in the United States. I mean, there was more people starting to watch this incredible game, and it came from Wayne Gretzky going to LA. Yeah, Gordy Howe got the name Mr. Hockey a little earlier. A little too early. Mr. Hockey is Wayne Gretzky. There, I'm sorry. Mr. Hockey is Wayne Gretzky. Well, Mr. Wayne Gretzky's the great one. Wayne Gretzky is 1,000% responsible for massive expansion. The Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. the Seattle Kraken, the so who's going to be the who's going to be the player that's going to go to Anaheim or uh, Anaheim or or uh, who's going to go to uh, Arizona and save Gary Bettman's you know, shortfall on this like uh, Arizona state team. <laughs> Who's going to be the guy that, that starts to bring, starts to bring an excitement to that part of the country to build hockey there. Is Austin. it going to be, is it going to be Austin Matthews? It's going to have to be let's okay. We have, we have gone off topic here, but I like that conversation, but let's keep going. So we were just okay. talking to Oilers number three on my list, number five on your list. So who's number three on your list then? If if the Oilers are five, I had Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, okay. Carolina overlooked them because they're in the wild card spot, but well, they're in a, they're in a wild card spot because they played less games than everybody. Yes, and I took that into consideration too. So they've only lost two games this year. They've won five. The they're they're a team that uh, has played less games, so you can't obviously look at point totals because they've played some teams have played ten games. Um, Carolina is a machine. They're an absolute machine. They're extremely well coached. Probably the best coach in the league, as far as I'm concerned, with Rod the Bob Brennamore. Um, they have they have just structure in the way that they play. And uh, if if you don't play the right way about Carolina against Carolina, they are going to smoke you. Well, I okay? like what you said about them earlier in the year. You said uh, if you want to get into a track meet with them, they'll they'll race, and if you want to get into a shut shutdown game, they'll shut you down more. Well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. They're always going to be in the shutdown game. Now, you might want to try and get in a track meet, but they're going to play insanely solid defense, but they have the offense to make you pay. Okay? Because if you're in a track meet, if you're in that offensive track meet, you're going to be making mistakes. Okay? You're going to make mistakes. And that's where Carolina, they have the team, they have the structure, they wait, and then they prey on you. How about Sveshnikov? Um, so really, seven goals in eight games, eh? Yeah, he's a solid kid, man. I, I mean, mean, he's former first, second overall pick. He's he's had, and you got you to remember, too, he's played in a system that might 
and I and I don't want to say it has hindered his ability to score more points, but they play a certain style and a certain structure there that um, he might be able to get more points on a different team because it might be more open. But in in uh, but we've learned it through we've learned through history and conversations with other star co- other star players and star coaches actually about sacrificing the your own for the greater good of the team. Actually, the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, when they changed coaches to Phil Jackson. I mean, uh, but more more hockey specific, Steve Eiserman and, and uh, Scotty yes. Bowman. I, I was just going to say that. I know when you were. I wanted tell, to tell the story about that. And well, that's, I, I mean, like, I don't want uh, the, to, the story, but I mean, just to, to basically, you know, go off what we're saying is, Scotty Bowman said to Steve Eiserman, you can get 120, 130, 140 points in this league, or you can get 90. And win, you know, by sacrificing, yeah, you know, a, a few more points on the other side of the board for a few less points on our board. And because Steve Eisenman was a dynamic offensive player, and if you go look at his statistics, Steve Eisenman, there was there were years I think he won the cup one year where he had like eighty some odd points and seventy something games, and then he had a bunch of points in the playoffs. And that yeah. was a year I think they won one of, one of their cups, but it didn't really hinder his scoring. Ultimately, he still had unbelievable statistics, multiple hundred point seasons. He's up there in league history scoring, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, right? Yes. Are you looking him up right now? I I, I am, but again, what what it's about is, you know, he um he probably could have scored more points, okay, in his career, and he and he ended with. 1755 points like this is insane and he probably could have had more points if he would have played on a different team and a different style detroit red wings were robots okay they had super high-end skill super high-end skill you know the larry on offs you had uh the fetter offs the cause loss you know all these super awesome players but they all played within themselves. They all played for the greater good of the team. They played a style where they played the exact same way for 82 games. Okay. And in those 82 games, what would happen is they played the same style. If there was going to be a run and gun team that we're going to take, that we're going to take chances, they would, Detroit would beat that team six, nothing. They would just shut them down and capitalize on all their stuff because they had the skill. They had many opportunities, but there was also games which came in big when the Detroit Red Wings were playing in a really in a real tight game. The one one game going into the third period, these guys would play the same way every single period, every single game, and they won so many games because they broke down the other team the first they year they won the cup in detroit um the first year they won the championship in detroit is 96 96 97 and uh shanahan led the team in points with 87 and 79 games eiserman had 85 points in 81 games and he had 20 points in the playoffs that year and we're talking about this because no, he, didn't. he had uh yes he had 13 points in the playoffs that year. Yeah. And we're talking about this because, you know, Stevie Eiserman, you know, into his fifth in- year in the league, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, had 102, 155, 127, 108, 103, 137, and they weren't winning championships. And that's when Scotty Bowman went to Steve Eiserman and said, listen, are you, do you want to, do you want to score 58 goals? and 137 points and not win or do you would you rather have 90 points and win a championship Bowman came in um Bowman came in his first year was 93 94 and actually Eiserman was on was crushing it in 82 he had 82 points in 58 games he obviously had an injury Fedorov killed it yeah interesting but yeah. anyway, interesting conversation. So that goes to Sveshnikov, seven points in, in seven goals in nine games, and you think he could have more playing on another team. I, I like that thought. I wonder how many he finishes with this year. Who was number four on your list? Number four is is a no-brainer for me. I think they are, are a higher-ranked team 
Um, but they're lower because they've only played seven games this year. And, and, and that was, did I say Calgary flames? Not yet. So I have Boston Bruins. I have Vegas golden Knights. I have Carolina and I have the Calgary flames. My third team, um, Calgary right now has a really solid record. They've played less games than every team in the league right now. They're five and two. Okay. So they have a, a 0.714 winning percentage. They, they've, they're, they're playing. They weren't on my list. Are you going to ask me why they aren't on my list? Well, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you why, because they lost to Buffalo. They beat Calgary with their, or Edmonton with their backup. Okay. With Vladar. They lost to Buffalo. Okay. And their other loss came on Saturday night to Edmonton, where they were playing a great game, shutting down McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then McDavid scored on Markstrom, who I love. Scores on Markstrom. Markstrom fumbles a puck behind the net. McDavid scores from the hash marks on the left side uh, of, of the net. Okay. Just shoots it as he gets the puck off the boards. Quick shot. It goes in. Then the winner is off uh, Hyman's skate. Like. You can't. By the way, did you see what uh, see what Sutter said about Huberto? Huberto left the game, and everyone's like, "Why is Huberto?" We were doing this the player cast that that yeah, night, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, "Why did Huberto leave?" And he goes, "I think you had to go take a shit." That's what Sutter said in his uh, post game press conference in regard to Huberto. If you were wondering why he left that game, but that's yeah. the only reason why is they lost that that game to Edmonton. Okay, so why is Edmonton number? Uh, you know, where were they? Number three on your team. Yeah, because they beat they Calgary lost the, the other. Yeah, they, but I know, because but they, they lost beat, to Buffalo. Yeah, I, I know that. I took that in. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are at the peak of their their play, and they're they're, they're and not only that, they're they find ways to win. How many times has the conversation about the Oilers been? Man, they've been down by two, three, and they came back to win. They did the same thing the other night against Calgary, and and whether it's going to catch up and bite them in the ass later in the season, right now it's not. And they have a really good record. So that's the only reason why. Carry on. Uh, number five is the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. You, you told me that. Okay. Yeah. So I you got have, Boston, Vegas, Boston. Carolina, uh, Calgary, and the Oilers. The Oilers are on a four-game winning streak right now. Connor McDavid is the number one point producer uh, in the league. He's got nine points or nine goals. And 18 points in nine games, which is absolutely insane. And then he's got, then he's got his sidekick who's sitting number three right now with four goals and 16 points in nine games, Leon Dreisaitl. So, I mean, if they can, if they can figure out how to strengthen the depth of their forward line and maybe grab another defenseman, like a good one, they are going to be a really, really tough team to beat just because of those two superstars because they have they have some solid depth that have been playing well for them um guys like zach hyman um he's he's played well he's he's a he plays the right way too which is very important he's a mucker he's a grinder he he finds ways to score goals in front of the net he's got six goals in nine games um, Nugent Hopkins has had a nice start to his season, five goals, 11 points in nine games, Vander Kane. I mean, the team's solid on the, on the, on the t- top end in, in Edmonton. They're very dangerous, but I'm going to tell you, they have to try and find those pieces, those very, very important pieces on the forward line and on defense. And I, I also, I want to mention, I didn't put the Rangers on there either. So I think that's, I don't think the Rangers are there yet though. I think they're, I think they're there, but they're not there. They're not there. They, they're, they would be very, very close to a top five, but they're just not there. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, they lost five, one to Columbus, you know, they lost that shootout game to Colorado uh, they lost to the Islanders. So, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> you look at that and you just, you kind of think you're like, you know, I know they beat Dallas and then I know they beat Arizona, but those are the games like their record should be better. In in my opinion, with, with the expectations in New York, their record should be better. In my opinion, I know they're second in their division, but they're five, three and two, they should be seven and three or even eight and two. Simple as that. That's what their record should be. So, all right. That was our powerhouse. Now to the outhouse. 
All right. Why don't you start with the power or the outhouse rankings? I'll just rip through mine because I think they're they're pretty straightforward. Anaheim, listen, I mean, they're 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 probably the worst team in the league right now. Trevor Zegras is a world class hockey player, playing very very well. But they just, just for clarification, are you depth. going? Are you going fifth? That's worst? my number one team. That's the worst in, team yeah, for that's you. Is Anaheim? Team. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, it's followed up by Arizona State. Um, Arizona State <laughs> just does not have don't have the players. Their 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 goaltending is average. Their 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 defense is average. You know, you have Chikrin who is is injured again, and they're trying to move, but they can't move him when he's injured. And then their forward line is, you know, besides besides a few players, one or two, three players, they're just a very average uh, Arizona State hockey team. I, I just want to add one thing. I know you're going to Chikrin's been hurt a lot, and he went into the draft. Remember the, his draft stock Ridiculous. dropped because he had a dislocated shoulder or hurt his shoulder when he was in Sarnia that year. So he dropped to 18 or something. Um, but anyway, he's I would a, be very surprised if any team got or Arizona got the the return that they want for this player. He's yeah. a Band-Aid. I hate to say it. It just it is what it is. And the funny thing is, you remember the guy, the guy had a man child body at age, yes, yes, uh, 17. Massive. We interviewed him. Yeah, he's just an uh, he massive. Looked, this this was an 18 year old kid being drafted into the NHL and he looked like he was 26 absolutely jacked and the funny thing is he's hurt all the time it has nothing to do with what your body looks like man i mean it's it's look at phil kessel i mean he's the iron man uh you know not (laughs) great great uh number three Uh, san jose sharks san jose they're they're in they're in the transition okay they're in the transition um they have they have some solid players but Again, I I don't know where San Jose is going with what they're trying to accomplish. You know, you still have Couturier and uh, Hurdle just got a new contract. You know, you still have Carlson who's making eleven and a half million. I don't know where that team is going because you're not building on top of those players. Those players should be off the roster by now. I would be tearing that down in San Jose and starting fresh. But you know, Mike Greer is going to have to. Uh, have to figure that out. It's probably taking a little bit of time before he um, understands his team and what he wants to do with the team. But San Jose, they are in a transition. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets is my number four. They have not played uh, up the standard, even with uh, Johnny Hockey coming into town, which again, you know, we talked about that earlier today when we were just discussing like, why the hell would Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau want to sign in Columbus? Like, do you think it. that you're winning a Stanley Cup in Columbus? Because oh, yeah. the money is not the issue. Johnny Goudreau would have got the money. He was getting more in Calgary. 15. There's more offer here. There's more offer in Calgary. Yeah. He but he would have got paid. He was an unrestricted free agent. He would have got paid that exact contract in 15 different places around the around the NHL. Well, there were reports that he had signed somewhere like maybe New Jersey and then Columbus came in over the top with a, an offer that he he was happier with or something. I can't remember. He told a story yeah. somewhere about it, but uh, well, that I know whole thing I know his wife. I know his wife had a big say and and she she um has her own um occupation and I think that had a lot to do with um Johnny Goudreau making the decision to go to Columbus, but listen, I mean, they're, they're in a transition too. They have some really good young players. Um, they have some, some nice players, Patrick line and Johnny Goudreau and, uh, the, the young cylinder kid is a nice player, but they're just not where they need to be to be able to win games. They're not deep enough right now. And it is what it is. And number one, number one, uh, not number one, number five, number five is the St. Louis blues. They've lost four in a row. Um, um, are they the, are they the top or the, the top five lowest teams in the league as of right now, as of this power ranking, um, you could probably put Vancouver in there, but I'm going to put, uh, Vancouver's won their last two games and, uh, St. Louis blues has lost their last four games. They're not playing good hockey. They're not yeah, playing Vancouver, good hockey. I think Vancouver pounded Pittsburgh, didn't they on their, uh, 
on their trip out west. I'm pretty sure it was like five yeah. to one or something like that. Okay, so I'm going to give well, you my Pittsburgh's the go. same thing. Pittsburgh Penguins have well, lost four games in a row. They yeah, were look, five, look, there's a lot of parity right now. And one. There's a lot of parity. They're like, look at Arizona's two lot two wins. You know, look at who they beat. They beat Toronto in one of those. They beat uh, what the, was it? Uh, was the other? I can't remember the other team they beat, but it was a they surprised the team and beat them. Um, I'm going to go five to one here. All right, so five being my fifth worst, one being my worst. Okay. I have Anaheim. Okay, for all the reasons you mentioned, I have Vancouver at four only because they won their last two games. It's the only reason why I have them at four. Okay, number three, or you, or you would have had them at. The, two, the, the probably worst? two, two. Okay, because okay. my number one team is not moving right now because it's it's not even that they're bad; it's that they're severely underachieving. Okay, uh, number three, San Jose Sharks. Okay, I love Mike Greer. I wish them well. I wasn't a massive. I wasn't overly excited about the 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 coach hiring there, but you know what? They're in a they're in a transition. The Marlow days, the the uh, Pavelski so- days. Thornton, Thornton, yeah. Leve days, Ronick days, those days are over and it's transition time. And uh they're 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 gonna have a couple years. Well, of- at what point in time does Mike Rear say to himself, we Eric Carlson, yeah. he's played eleven games, he's got six goals and eleven points. At what point in time do you just do your absolute best to move him on? Or or do you have to wait as long as humanly possible? Keep him, let him finish the year, have a great year, and then move him at the draft. I think they I think they want to move him before. Yeah. I don't know how many years he has left on his deal, but I know it's more than two or three. Yeah. You know, and they're gonna have to pick up half his salary. That's that's the deal. So you may as well burn a year, let him play well, burn a year having to just carry dead money. And then, you know, relook at it next year. They have a lot of issues on this team moving Mm -hmm. forward. You know, um, you, you have to move, you have to move Eric Carlson and his contract. It makes no sense at all having him on your, on your, on your cap. You know, you have, uh, Mark Edward Velasic and Mark Edward Velasic. I played with him. Okay. And he was a great young defenseman. He's had an unbelievable career, but Mark Edward Velasic needs to be bought out. He's 35 years old. He makes $7 million a year this year. And then he has three more at $7 million. They need to buy him out. He is done. I mean, there just needs to be a complete change of the guard here. They, I do not know any of these players on this team. On the forward line, I know none of them except for Timo Meyer, who has one goal. Logan Couture, who's okay. You know, the, the, Thomas Hurdle has one goal. Well, you know Kevin LeBanc. We wanted him uh, when we were working for the Sabres. We were and how's he his... doing? <laughs> he's uh, not doing well at all either. So the whole well, team... he's making good money. So I mean, you know, it's better to be overpaid than underpaid. But I mean, there the you go. Hundred percent. You know, he's got two points in in ten games. But uh, a team to keep an eye on, absolutely. Eric Carlson, five more years. So you may as well burn one more. You may as well burn one more. Uh, no, that's not that's, including no. this year. He has five more years. No, no, that's not true. This is including this year. Yes. Five more years. Man, so you may as well ass. burn it. And he's 32 years old. Fuck. And he's okay. still, he's still playing. Like if, if Eric Carlson was on a, an elite team in this league, he would be shredding this. And he would that's be, why he was so good in Ottawa. Yes. They, you know, I mean, but anyway, moving on, my number two team is St. Louis for all the reasons you mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Much, yeah. much higher expectation for this team. And number one, and we should mention our uh, our 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 boy that comes on the show with us here, Jeremy Roenick, hot on out of the weekend on social media about the Toronto Maple Leafs, going and just saying, "When are you going to fire the coach? When are you going to trade this guy?" He's he's completely engaging with fans. People are tweeting at him, and he's like, "Love this move, trade Nylander, trade to uh, trade." Marner, he's like, you got to fire the coach, you know? And then I threw to him, I'm like, what do you do? Dubis or Keefe? He's like, get rid of Keefe. So he's he's hot on the Leafs. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, massively, massively underachieving there in Toronto. And I'm just wondering if it's time for a shakeup. They deserve to be in the bottom of the powerhouse outhouse rankings simply because they are the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
They don't does have it make the you feel better that they're playing 500 hockey right now. Pardon? They're playing 500 hockey. That's that four, four and two. It's not the, the, the law, the opening night loss to Montreal, the loss to Arizona and the Western roads. They lost to Vegas three, one. They lost to San Jose four, three, right? They lost to the Kings and they just lost to Anaheim four, three. So for who that, is this going to be on? Like, who is this going to be on? Is this on Dubas? Is this on Dubas? Because, you know, right now you there, there, there's very clear that things are not, they're not working. Okay. At what point in time do you need to go? And, and we're going to talk about this till we're blue in the face. Yes. I know that they have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and they've played um, their, their elite talents in the game. And I'm, I mean, I am absolutely shocked right now where where toronto sits in the league is it too early to panic that's what people are saying like matt it's not like matthews is performing and i'm not worried about him i'm not about to jump on the matthews is going to score 60 goals the team overall and i don't understand why everyone's pointing the finger at keith yes i think he he is going to be gone if this continues but at the same time there is a general manager in place that puts the the players together and gives the coach, the players through whatever uh, manner you want, whether it's scouting or just watching, uh, or if it's analytics, I'm sure it's a lot of both or a little bit of one and more of the other or whichever one I don't know. But all I'm saying is the general manager gives the player players to the coach. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs are, are a fantastic team offensively, but if your offensive players do not care about defense, you're not winning many games. That's just the way it is. John Tavares, William Nylander, they're great hockey players. Um, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, great hockey players. But these guys are the ones that have to carry the load when it comes to this. You know, when you look at Connor McDavid and look at his team and you look at the lack of depth that the the team has, there's just, it's horse shit. But he's got nine goals and nine assists, 18 points in nine games. He's putting the team on his shoulders. Well, Austin Matthews is considered one of the top two or three players in the NHL. He has to be that guy every single year, unfortunately. And he has a stronger team. He has a stronger team, I think, than Edmonton. Oh, yeah, for sure. Top to bottom on paper anyway. Absolutely. You want to hear their next five games? Philly. Uh, Well, you know, Philly. uh, I I have in my mind Philly. Like, I have in my mind that Philly sucks. Okay. But Philly has been terrific this year to start the season under under john tortorella very very difficult team to play against boston oh that's not good that's not good for toronto this is a saturday sunday uh matchup here they have boston saturday night carolina in carolina oh that's not good that's not good at all two games within 24 hours because that's a 5 p.m or and then they they have this is all coming this is all two days after a long road trip too by the way this starts they have they start Wednesday Philadelphia Saturday Boston Sunday Carolina then Tuesday they have please be an easy one yes it is very it's actually it does get easier they're home which is good cozy okay. in bed to the Vegas okay. Golden Knights <laughs> and then they have two days this will round out their five but they have a back to back on Friday Saturday uh, they have Pittsburgh Friday Vancouver Saturday at home so. <laughs> you know what? I I, I hate all eyes it. all eyes on TO man. All eyes on Toronto. I don't care. Well, how long's his leash? How long's Keith's le- leash? And and sometimes there 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 are there are coaches that are that are fired, and it and it's not because they're not great coaches. It's just there needs to be a wake up call for the players. And and in sports, which suck sometimes. Coaches are are the are the ones that that take the that take the fall for the players playing like shit. Well, maybe did you hear what Brian Burke said? Some maybe Bab, uh, some of the players have to own some of the responsibility for, you know, Babcock getting fired. Maybe it's time to ship out one of the superstars. It's not Johnny T. It's not Austin Matthews. Now, where's your where's the next on the list? Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not Austin Matthews, and it's not Mitch Marner. And everybody else in the entire team is John Tavares has 10 points in 10 games. So what? 
No, he's the captain of the team. He's from Toronto. He has a no-move clause. This guy's not going anywhere. He, You're not even going to ask him to move it. He's not moving. He's not moving out of Toronto. He's going to retire a Toronto Maple Leaf unless at the end of his career he's going for a cup somewhere. After that, it's Marner, Matthew, uh, uh, Marner, Nylander, and then I don't know who the next scapegoat can be. But you need to get players in. So you have to trade one of those players to get some players in that can rejolt your roster. It's not moving one guy out. It's bringing in fresh guys. A fresh fresh new star type player. Go and get Bo Horvat. Ship Nylander to Vancouver and go and bring in Bo Horvat. Maybe it's not a straight up deal. Maybe it is. I don't know. But you need a Bo Horvat on this team. Okay, so who who would have more more um, trade uh, collateral or 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 you know Bor Horvat is is a number two center in on on every NHL team in the league. Okay, is he a number one? No, he's an he's an awesome number two, but they already have two uh, uh, centers here. Does Johnny T go to three? No, no, he doesn't. Okay, well, that's not the pretty nice. Made. It'd be a pretty nice look, though. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, there's got, those three centers down the pipe. They well, need. Why, they need why to can't Bull Horvat be the third line center? Because you're most likely, if you're bringing in Bo Horvat, you're not making this deal unless he is signing a long term contract. That's number one. Number two. Bo Horvat making, you know, X amount of dollars, seven and a half, let's just say seven and a half million dollars a year on a long-term contract. You're not putting him as a third line center. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's not the player then, but they need to go and shake it up and go get Patty Kane. Go get Patty Kane. There you go. Well, if you, if you, they, they don't have, the problem is Toronto has been selling assets for how many years to try and, to try and get over the hop. How many years have they been doing that? A few. Yeah. Like, I mean, every year, like they've, they've made some decisions over the years to try and make their team stronger. And I think they've done that, but you know, just little things like over the years, like they've given away draft picks. They've given like this year, they don't have their second. They don't have their fourth. They don't have their seventh. You know, the next year they don't have their third. The year after that, they don't have their 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 second. Like they don't have a lot in their pipeline. Well, there's a reason for that because they've been going for it. Yes, because they yes they've been because pushing they've the te- pace on good, trying to win. They've had good teams. So I mean, I don't know. I find it I find it very interesting. I I I think the situation in Toronto all eyes on Toronto. I don't see Toronto staying here but i'm going to tell you when you just told me the next five games you have philadelphia flyers okay that have played really strong hockey this year like probably been one of the biggest surprises so far this year then you come back to be made for the chicago blackhawks but carry on yeah you come back you have vegas you have carolina you have boston you have pittsburgh who has lost four straight games and i'm going to tell you this they make me very, very nervous because they have all of the tools to blow you out. Okay. Um, this is going to be a really, really tough stretch for Toronto. Really tough stretch. And it's something that there's going to be a lot of media that are going to be focusing on the Toronto Maple Leafs because if they go for a deep skid here, there will be a change. And most likely it's not going to be a roster move. Most likely, it's going to be a coaching move. You know, I wasn't joking when I said Chicago's a team that is surprising some some people around the league with how they're doing. I mean, they're ha- they're still having a pretty. I know they they gave up a, a win to, to Buffalo the other night, and Buffalo came back to win. It was f- what a great game by Tage Thompson. Okay, but they look decent. Like I'm actually, you said not too long ago, you're like. Who do they have on their team? And then I'm watching the Sabres game, and I'm thinking, they've got some players on their team. Like, they've got some good players. Like, that's just – it just goes to show you the the parity in the league. Like, Max Domi has four goals and three assists in nine games. 
Okay. Like Sam Lafferty, he's not a bad hockey player. Tyler Johnson, six points in six games, not a bad hockey player. Jason Dickinson, not a bad hockey player. Taylor Radish. Who the hell is Jason Dickinson? The Taylor Radish. The Who the hell is that? Jason Dickinson. Sammy Lafferty. You just don't know Who Jason Who the hell Dickinson. is that? You don't know Jason Dickinson because he's been playing out West. He was in Dallas, but he was a first-round pick. You know, he's a, he was a first-round pick out of the OHL. You know he's bounced around. He was he was a he was a first rounder. Uh, he was a first rounder by uh, Dallas. He played in Dallas. Yeah. Then he went and he was traded to Vancouver, or at least he signed in Vancouver. He was in Vancouver. Yeah, sometimes for, change is good. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's he, the the most points he's had in the in the NHL is twenty two, and right now he's played seven games and he has six points, three goals. So okay. sometimes Maybe just getting an good. opportunity to play yep, like that's right. Those 22 points. Dallas was good back then. If you don't, if you recall, they went to the finals a few years ago in the bubble. So it's not like he was getting yep. a stepping into a team and, and uh, you know, getting a, a full shot to play. Anyway, Sabres came back to win the other night. Unbelievable game by Tage Thompson. Not sure if you care to comment on that, but that's why they squeezed into my powerhouse rankings is because I think they deserve a little more respect than they're getting around the league. So I don't think do anybody they? else. Do they really? I, I think so. I, I do think so. That's why I put them in there. It wasn't just for us to have a topic of discussion because I actually thought you would have agreed with me. Mm. I actually put, I yeah, actually put no. it in there so that you and I would agree and be like, yeah, you know what? The Sabres do deserve it. We could actually be, you know, homers for a day. I, I am shocked that you don't agree with that. They're not They're For me, they're not close to a top five team right now. Um, they right now listen you have to understand something i am a sabers fan just like all of the other people around north america and around the world we are sabers fans i as a sabers fan have watched horseshit hockey for almost a decade you think that i am gonna be super happy and put these guys in the fucking top five in the nhl after what nine games are you drunk i want consistency well as i want this team sober, i'm a little offended that you would assume that i want i, I this was a team. way more i was way more fun drunk than this riff they have a long way to go this just me personally they have a long way to go before they are anywhere near a top five. Okay. Anywhere near a top five, you have to earn your respect. Okay. Because the organization and the teams that have been on the ice for a very, very long time. Yes. We've had our little stints of going 10 and zero, and yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. And I think we got a chance at the Stanley cup. And then all of a sudden we're out by December. How does that even happen? It happens because the team's not ready. Okay, the team needs to play with consistency and structure and allow the 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 talent to flourish, but they're they're building something. I'm not giving them shit. You're I can't believe they're they're in your top five. Oh, maybe I did it for that reaction right oh, there. Thank you Great. for delivering. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.